So last week, we've been preaching a series called Vindication, and we were preaching probably the third week on being vindicated by the power. And for some reason, I took this turn and started talking about we've had between, I mean, I guess myself personally and some other people in this church, some significant things happened with shootings and stopping shootings. And one time we shot, stopped a mass shooting. I was beginning to tell that story. At 11.53 last Sunday, 11.53 last Sunday, we was talking about how myself and uh, Officer Patrick Nathan here, raise your hand, stopped a mass shooting in, in Houston. And, uh, and nobody got killed. And um, so I was at 11.53 last week, I started telling that story. At 1.53 last week, there was an active shooter at Lakewood. So it was kind of phenomenal. Uh, one of our guys put together a short. I want you to see this. I, I can't, I, I just, you can't make this up. Uh, of course, you guys were here. Some of y'all were here. How many of y'all heard us tell us? Okay, so y'all were here, and then you heard two hours later about that shooting. I don't know why we went into that direction, but we did. And guess what happened? Same thing happened in that shooting, happened in Lakewood. The woman came in, started shooting, had a child with, I believe, to shield, shield her from uh, being shot or whatnot. Nobody was killed. Uh, amen. Somebody say amen. And then um, I think her, her son uh, got injured. Nobody was killed but the shooter, and which was the same thing in this instance. Y'all got the short ready? Go ahead and roll that short. This is last Sunday. We told you about Brother Pat where he was in the middle of an active shooting. This guy shot like 10 people and he called me and he said, Pastor, what should we do? I said, we're going to take the car. I said, nobody's going to die today. And one of the bullets went into the young man's chest and came out the other side because we took authority. That young man, how many of y'all remember he was a member of our church? How many of y'all remember he got up and gave that testimony about what happened to him? The bullet actually came out. We took authority. Nobody died. Many people live a powerless Christian life. Many churches live a powerless existence. Yo, we got the power. If you live your life based on God's instructions, he will back you with power. Somebody say amen. All right. That shirt is going out this week. Can y'all send it out? Probably should send it out. You think you should send it out? Amen. You y'all was, was here last week, right? When I said you were here. Now, how, how do I know this? I didn't know. The Lord led us in that direction. And the Lord led us in this direction today. So I think you at the right church. What you think? Amen. Amen. All right. So, man, this claps are thin in here. This is a tough crowd. You're going to clap. <laughs> I don't care. I know I'm right. Somebody say amen. Now, I'm going to tell you today, if you had... If you knew and had a time to choose, some of y'all, many of y'all wouldn't have came to this message. But you're here. If you get up and walk out, we know you're guilty. So we were talking uh, this week. Um, this has been uh, 
Valentine's week. Um, Wednesday was V-Day. And um, I'm going to leave my comments there. We used to say certain things when I was in college about that day. But let's say it was V-Day. I didn't say VD day. It was V day, and uh, so we did some things at our church, and uh, a lot of college students were here on Wednesday night, and we wrote a book called Wayne Dayton and Maiden. Uh, it's still in the bookstore if you'd like to get a copy of that. But this morning, and it led into something we talked about on Thursday morning prayer, that had to do with married people and single people. And so we're going to talk about it today. Is that all right? Do y'all have that next video ready? I think that next video is going to kind of lead us in to the culture that we're in. It's going to set us up to talk about what we're going to talk about this morning for a few minutes. All right. Go ahead and roll that one. You're, you're wearing a cross. Yes. Do you consider yourself a Christian? I believe in God. Let me ask you a question. Do you wear your cross while you're engaging in producing porn or OnlyFans content? I always wear my cross. You always wear your cross. I okay, never so take it off. Do you think that God approves of you doing porn, basically? Yeah, it's not hurting anybody. I do it very safely. Do you think God wants you making porn? God said that he loves everyone. Okay, I have a question. If God wants you to be a porn star, what do you think Satan wants? To stop doing what I do? What? Satan wants you to not do porn, and God uh, wants you to do porn. If I have, do I have that right? Yeah. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So today, <clears throat> in keeping with the vindication series, we're going to talk about when righteousness vindicates you, when righteousness vindicates you. I remember I saw that clip and I said, wow, this is where we are in America. And the reason that young lady probably doesn't know the difference between right and wrong in the area of sex is because, number one, maybe her parents never taught her. Number two, she's definitely not going to get the answers at school. Is that true? Our educational system going to tell people what's right and wrong sexually? No. And then now, even if you go to church, we got pastors saying all kind of foolishness. If you know that, you ought to say amen. amen. Yeah. Every brother ain't a brother, Chuck D taught us, and every pastor ain't a pastor. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, we're going to talk about it today, and I know some of y'all want to run out of here, but it's all right because you ain't good company. Paul said, I was the chiefest of sinners, and I probably was in this area many years ago. But I want to I help some people today. Whether you're married or you're single, 
We all need help in this area. And everybody say amen one time. Amen. All right. I ain't going to bother you for no more amens. Probably. All right. Let's go to Psalms chapter 18, verse 19. People want the blessings of God. It's so funny that the blessings have become a part of our culture. I've heard transgenders. I've heard gay guys. I've heard all kinds of people doing all kinds of stuff. You ask them how they're doing? I'm blessed and highly favored. People have detached the blessings of God from the righteousness of God. The industry, the music industry, the rap industry, Hollywood, same people. They talk about how God blessed them and do all manner of stuff. Man, he blessed me to do the, get, get that Grammy. And the, the album was very sexually explicit. He blessed me to have this career in comedy. And all they do is talk about sexually explicit stuff. So we live in a time of society where people have separated the blessing of God from the righteousness of God. I can be blessed whether or not what I do, what my lifestyle is, whatever. But let's look at this. Look at what it says, verse 19 to 21. He says, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me. Everybody say, delivered. Delivered. People need to be delivered. You can be delivered today. Deliverance is a real thing. Because sometimes people are addicted. Sometimes people have demonic spirits. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. So people can be delivered. He said, he delivered me because he delighted in me. And look at verse 20. The Lord rewarded me according to what? My righteousness. My right doing. People do not connect the dots that they will be blessed based on their level of living right. People don't connect the dots. Oh, why did this happen to me? Why did this, why financially I'm not getting ahead? Why is this happening? Why, why did my wife up and leave me? Because you was cheating. Hello? She didn't know. She didn't find out. Y'all, even if she didn't find out, cognitively, she, found, she knew in her heart. Y'all, stuff just don't work out when you're not living right. So the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness. Oh, this and this. According to the cleanness of my hands has he rewarded me. Now, I'm going to tell you, before I got married, I was off the hook a little bit. But y'all, I had enough sense that once I got married, I knew I had to make some changes. Y'all, I've been married to this woman 32 years. Never had a side piece, never cheated. She ain't never cheated. Ain't no woman. I'm saying I live on in there. Ain't no woman, man, woman, boy, girl that can stand and accuse me of anything. I've been clean. And y'all, God has rewarded me because of that. And everybody want to come up. Everybody want to do better. Everybody want to, you know, get the blessing of the Lord and the Lord bless them. Y'all, I'm going to teach you today how and why and how to get it. How many of y'all are excited about that? All right. I want you to listen. There is a righteousness. There is a cleanness 
for the people of God. I don't care when nobody's preaching. I don't care how many videotapes come out with these pastors. I was, <clears throat> we were at dinner on Friday, and y'all, I remember 20 years ago, some of y'all remember, I'm not gonna call his name. Y'all, a video came out on a pastor on channel 13, Eyewitness News, has some dude in the closet talking sex. This guy is a leading pastor in the city of Houston right now. His church is packed out right now. Never repented. And was having same-sex relations with somebody. It's craziness. But the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands, hath he recompensed me. And it's so hard sometimes to preach these messages now in church because so many pastors have jacked it up and, 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 and ain't living right. Their kids ain't living right. Ain't nobody around them living right. You can look at them. What's the, what's the word that y'all use now? Hilla zesty. Isn't that what y'all say? Doobie zesty. Yeah, you can look at the dude till he's zesty. Like, bro, and I be like, yo, and they tell me, I go to this church. I'm like, bro, what's wrong with your gaydar, bro? He be a dude. Like, bro, you, I don't say nothing about their pastor. That's their pastor. How many of y'all know this is a zesty free zone up here? Somebody say amen. amen. You ain't seen no zestiness up there? Ain't no zestiness over there in the musician. We don't play that over here. I thought somebody would get excited. All up in front of the boys and the girls, shaking the and directed, bro, sit down. You're not doing nothing over here. Somebody say amen. amen. Yeah, it's, it's a reward for some cleanness of hands now. Amen. Two claps on that, whatever. I'm going to preach this today. I don't care. Look at Psalms, look at, look at the 22nd verse. For all the, his judgments were before me. Oh, my God. And I did not, I did not put his statutes away. Like I, I, wanted to, I wanted to do what God wanted me to do. I was also upright before him. No good thing would he withhold Cassie from them that walk what? Uprightly. You got to walk upright. Somebody say amen. It ain't talking about you got to be perfect. I ain't never been a perfect person. But you got to be willing and start the process of walking upright. Amen. Whew, I love this song. Therefore, listen, I kept, my, I kept myself from my iniquity. Who kept you? I kept myself. Listen to this. So you got to keep yourself. Therefore, have the Lord recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanse of my hands and his eyesight. With the, merc with the merciful, thou would show thyself merciful. With the upright man, you will show thyself upright. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the forward, you will show yourself forward, the perverse. That's what forward means. To the perverse, you show yourself perverse. For thou wilt save the afflicted people, but you will bring down high looks. Right? What's that, what's that month in uh, June? It's called what month? Pride. You're going to bring down the high looks. Listen to it. And then look at 1829. This is how we do supernatural stuff. For by thee, after all of this, because we take this script out of context, for by, for by thee I've run through a troop, and by my God I've leaped over a wall. 
So when you live right, when you live uprightly before God, you're blessed. Supernatural things happen for you. Supernatural things happen to you. The woman with $2,500 will chase you down and you'll never see her again because there's a reward for walking uprightly. If you believe that, say amen. amen. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 10 and 32. We're gonna, this is, I gotta teach this, I can't preach this because most people don't know this stuff so we gotta go slow. But we got into this Wednesday night, got into a little more Thursday on the call. Wish more of y'all would have been on the call Thursday. I would probably wouldn't have to preach this. Come on our, our prayer call Thursday morning at 5.30. But we got, it, it got good too. It got, it's going to get good in a minute. Give none offense neither to the Jew, to the Gentile, or the church of God. Now don't worry about that first part, but I want you to see that God recognizes only three types of people on the planet. That's it. Not the black African American, not the black folk, not the white folk, not the Latinos, not the, not, he, don't, he don't recognize that. He recognizes the Jews, the Gentiles, and the church of God. That's it. And in the natural, there are only two groups, the Jews and the Gentiles. Jews are the ones that God chose to bring his son through their bloodline, uh, he qualified a man named Abraham because he was willing to sacrifice his only son, his son in his own age. And because of that, <clears throat> he elected him to be the father of many nations and the bloodline by which Jesus would be born, the son of God. So that's the Jews. And then there are the Gentiles. Now, the Jews had laws and saw themselves as clean. Remember, we just talked about cleanness of hands. The Jews were clean. There were three areas that they maintained cleanness. One was they only served the true and living God, the God of the Bible, the God that we serve. All right? They did not serve false idols. The Bible said it, when they turned to serving false idols, and they did at different points of the history, God called them unclean. As a matter of fact, he saw that as bad and egregious as sexual sins. He said that they were committing spiritual adultery, that they were whoring after other gods. That's what he said. And then they kept themselves clean dietarily. They had certain dietary laws. They couldn't eat certain things. They couldn't, you know, all that stuff we eat down here in Texas, Louisiana. You no, know, we be going to crawfish boys. They don't eat that. They, it's unclean. We be liking to eat our shrimps. They, don't, they can't eat that. That's unclean. Those are bottom feeders. Catfish, all that stuff. Bottom feeders, they couldn't eat that stuff. So they could only eat certain food. All right? And that's mentioned in the first five books of the Bible uh, in the Levitical law. All right. Third area of cleanness was sexual cleanness. Now, they got so serious about sexual clean, cleanliness that the men, all the men, had to be circumcised. Circumcision has to do with the foreskin of the male member. So that's serious, y'all. And when it first started, uh, Abraham was grown, uh, all the 
people in his household was grown, and God said, if you're going to have covenant with me, you got to circumcise not only yourself, circumcise all the men. Boy, that's some love. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Bro, we partners? We partners? Yeah, bro. All right, man, you going to get circumcised? No. Can you imagine that? My best friend from elementary here. I mean, we was tight. Ain't nobody circumcised nobody. Somebody say amen. They were serious about sexual purity. All right? And so the Jews were clean. Everybody else is a Gentile. Now, I, I don't want to make nobody totally mad. You got to come here to hold teaching. But y'all, black people in our country, we just looking for identity. I see so many videos on YouTube now. Now we're we're the we're the real Native Americans. We're we're the we're the we're the real Indians. We're the real Israelites. We're the we're the real man. I'm telling you, we was we was the real white people. We was white before the white people was white. Like we real everything. We we was the first Europeans and all that stuff. We're looking for identity. It, it, we I understand that because. Through slavery, we were so mixed up. Our, our races were so mixed up. The tribes of, 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 of Africa was mixed up and, and, and inbred together. And then the white, the master, the white people get raped our women and stuff. We, we got a lot of issues that happen. We understand that. But y'all, it don't matter where our origin is from. If, if we were not Jewish, right, we were Gentiles. And Gentiles were unclean. So whatever heritage we go back, we trace back to. If we trace back to American Indians, they were uh, they 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 believe in animism. So they worship the weather, they worship nature, they worship trees, they worship water, right? They were the ones that came up with uh, smoking tobacco and I think even marijuana and all that stuff. So y'all, anything we came from, we came from something. That was unclean. They had unclean sexual practices. If we say we were Europeans over there, them guys was out there howling at the moon, barking at the trees. They were, I mean, really, worshiping Celtic gods, working, worshiping Greek gods, all that stuff. If we say we came from Asia, they were over there worshiping their gods. Come on, somebody. If we say we were the original Hindus and Indians, they, they got over a million gods that they worship. And, uh, 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 what is it? Uh, Biological incest. Incest is at all time high in the Indian nations. They believe in that because one of their gods promotes that. So y'all, anything that we would come from, if we didn't come from God's people, we are unclean. And that's just how it is. So we can be born again and we're born into the church of the living God. Now, The church of the living God, when Gentiles are born into it, when the Jews first saw us coming into the faith, because some of them believed in Jesus and they was born again. Let's go to Acts chapter 15, verse 1. Certain men who were Jews who had believed on Jesus came down from Judea and they taught the brethren, except the Gentiles, those of us, because y'all know, now, America's, American men, mostly, I mean, I don't know what percentage, but most men get circumcised because, you know, that's just our tradition in America. But generally, Gentile, like you come from Africa, them African dudes, mm-mm, nah. They don't be circumcised, a lot of them. All right, so except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you can't be saved. 
So here were the Jews in the first church. So you got to picture this. In the first church, there was Jews because Christianity come out, of, come out of the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. The disciples, all the disciples were Jewish, right? So they are spreading Christianity. Now, Peter gets a vision that tells him Christianity is going to go all over the world and it's going to go even to the Gentiles. So now you got all of these Jews who were clean and now you got these Gentiles who were unclean, all these sexual practices and stuff, they come together. And so now they're in the church together and the Jews say, man, these dudes got to be circumcised. Now my first question is, how you know I'm not circumcised? That, that's why I'd ask somebody at church, like, bro, what you mean? How you, how you know? Well, evidently, there was some kind of requirement. Can you imagine coming to church today, brothers? And before we let you in, we had to see you in the restroom with your shorts dropped. Y'all, this is what happened in the first church. How would you know somebody was circumcised unless they had to shoot somebody? This is what happened. I'm going somewhere. Are y'all still with me? So then Paul and some other guys start arguing, say, man, this ain't right now, man. We can't, we can't make these grown men get circumcised so they can get be a Christian. Acts 15, 20. So they came up with some rules. Watch what they said. They said, but we write unto them that this is the only rules we're going to give them. They abstain from pollution of idols and from fornication, sexual sin, and from things strangled and from blood. Here's the first thing I want to say. So the problem with Americanized Christianity, Gentilian Christianity, because we all Gentile, we all come from something, and we all come from a family where we saw stuff, experienced stuff, was taught stuff. I mean, uncles would teach a young man, bro, you don't get serious by no girl, you go out there and knock them down. Y'all know them old uncles? I remember I told the people, I was getting ready, man, man, for what? <laughs> Is she pregnant? No, bro, she not pregnant. I love her. Man, slow that down. Slow that down, man. What was they telling me to do? Well, in our day, they said, go sow your wild oaks. But you better get out there. And you know what they were doing? They was looking at them young girls that they couldn't get no more. They said, boy, you see all these fine girls out here, boy? So we was taught stuff. Come on, somebody. Right? Because we Gentiles. That's how Gentiles roll. I don't fault us because that's, that's where we come from. But once we come into the body of Christ, y'all, there's some rules. Some of y'all don't want to hear this today. You could have went to one of them zesty dude churches. They'd have told you something else. Look for the zesty dude. They'll, they'll tell you something else. But we're going to preach the Bible. Somebody say amen. amen. <laughs> Listen. So here's point number one. If you're going to have victory in this area, and my prayer is that you want to want to. Some of y'all don't even want to. My prayer is that you begin to want to want to. Have victory in this area. Your sex life can definitely be personal, but it's not private. 
it wasn't private. The Jews, it wasn't private. That's how they maintained sexual purity. That's how Mary was a virgin, and most of the women during her time were virgins because sex was personal, but it was not private. Bro, let me see if you're circumcised. That was the first church. All right? Somebody had to be checking. I wonder who that dude was. Who was the checker? I wouldn't have been signed up for that either. Somebody say amen. Nah, bro, we putting you in the bathroom checking the pit. Oh, man, got to do that again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Somebody had to check. Somebody say amen. So, so sex was personal, but it wasn't private. And see, in church, with all the Gentiles, we think, you know, why somebody got to be all in our business? But our business keeps showing up. Somebody say amen. Yeah. You walk around here with a tongue ring. You ain't, you're a woman. You ain't, what's that? Is it private? Or is that public? So what you doing with a tongue ring? It's quiet. Yeah. Your stuff ain't, ain't, ain't private. Then be all on the internet with stuff. All on social media, but you hiding something. What about when you get pregnant? Is that private? For a little bit. Hello? What about when you got to go to the doctor? Now, y'all, think about it. You go to the doctor, and I know that everybody got confidentiality and stuff. Do you know somebody, know somebody, cousin, know somebody, know somebody? Now, my mama used to work in nursing all the time. It was all confidential, wasn't it? Yeah, but then somebody come in there with an STD and know somebody, know somebody. Was it, was it confidential then? No. Your stuff going to come up public at, at some point. Hello? And then they got to put you in a database. If you got certain diseases, you go in the database. Did you know that? Did you know that? Did you know that? So all this private stuff the Gentiles think they're doing, y'all, it ain't private, it's public. And then you, you out here sending nude pics to people? Tell them don't show nobody. How you think that go? It probably go good while you're going with them. What about when you break up? Hello? You know when you send something on the internet, you, you know where it go? Nowhere. It's on the internet for good. I can't hear nobody. But we say we all private our stuff, and we all out in the open, all public. People got pictures of our chest and our. Uh. And what you say something with revenge porn? When somebody else got you, they they mad because they got you. Then they go sending 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 your stuff to everybody else. So it is a false narrative to think that what we do sexually is private. It ain't private. And I don't know how in the world, I, especially men, I don't know how in the world anybody could feel good and go to sleep. You out there cheating and all these cell phones, smartphones, video camera, uh, door rings. I mean, people can survey you. Talking about how, how I got caught. How you got caught? Everybody got a movie studio in their pocket. I can't hear nobody. So the clean people, they had, they had laws, they had rules that, yeah, your stuff was personal, but it wasn't private. I'm going to show you one more thing. Even Let's go to Deuteronomy 22 and 15. Even when you got married, it was different. 
With the Jews, it was different. Back then in the Bible day, it was different. You know, I know we, we rent out these big old things and then we spend three, three thousand, six thousand, ten thousand dollars on a honeymoon and, and, and people go off and they go off and do their thing in Jamaica or wherever they go. But y'all, back in the Bible day, when you got married, they had a little tent right outside the ceremony, whatever. They had a little tent. You went into that tent with your bride. Everybody knew what you was going in the tent for. You hearing grandmama, auntie, granddaddy voice outside the tent. They go, boy, go ahead. Or whatever. I don't know what they're saying. And in a minute, it was over. The girl was a virgin. Then you say, okay, that's cool. No. Then your family members have to come in and they take the sheep. We don't get to watch the sheep? No. Can you imagine what's on the sheep? All right. But they looking for the blood. Look at this. Then shall the father take of the damsel and the mother. The daddy, the, can you imagine being a virgin daughter and your daddy got to get your sheep? Your daddy and your mother and bring forth the tokens of the girl's virginity unto the elders to the city gate and the damsel and the father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter to this man, and he hated her. So this situation was, a man took a, a, a girl that was a virgin, he said he didn't want her no more, tried to say she wasn't a virgin, but they had the proof, they had the sheet right after they had consummated in the tent. Your sexuality was personal, but it was not private. And I'm gonna say this today, to all these Gentile Christians in here, many of which who struggle in this area, the only way out is to make your sexuality personal but not private. And the Bible teaches that. Are y'all still with me? During the Bible times, oh, let's look at one more scripture. Acts chapter 16, verse 1. Paul came to Derby and Lystra and beheld a certain disciple there with his name Timothy. It's called, this is where the book of Timothy comes from. Timothy, the son of a certain woman who's a Jewish, believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of the brethren that were Lystra and, and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him. Paul circumcised Timothy. That's crazy. He was a pastor, and he had to circumcise the young man to bring him in to the Jewish synagogues. Sexuality was personal, but it was not private. During that time, sexual issues played a significant role in Judaism engagement in its Greco-Roman world. Sexual profligacy of their Gentile contemporaries, not least in association with Wild parties, orgies, what y'all calling them now, freak-offs? They had them. They had them during this time. The Gentiles, same-sex relations and pedophilia. So we're living in the same times that Paul lived in. So Paul wrote about sexual sins more than anybody else. And I guarantee you this week, sexual sins was at an all-time peak 
They say February the 14th is the day for lovers. February the 15th is the day for the side pieces. National Side Piece Day, February 15th. Because you can't, you got to be with your wife on the 14th or your husband on the 14th, you be with side piece on the 15th. This is the culture that we live in. Culture full of pornography. Come on, somebody. Y'all been free from all of that for years. You ought to clap for that. Black man free from perversion. Now, this is why it's, 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 it's troublesome. Let's look at Hosea 4 and 12. My people ask counsel of the stocks or false gods. And their staff declared them unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms have caused them to error. This is the problem, y'all. So, do you go to hell for having sex or illicit sex after you are born again? Some people say yes. I'm glad I didn't because I was saved and I was out there. Um, but one of the significant things that it does, y'all, and I know I'm in the house, is it gets you off track with where you're supposed to be with God. The spirit of whoredoms caused them to err because they've gone whoring from under their God. Now, I taught this 20 years ago. All this information is starting to come out because the FBI can't hold it any longer and so forth. They had to release the stuff. And y'all don't get me wrong. This is Black History Month, too. Y'all, I might get stoned. But you go, this, it's all up there. I think you, Charleston White been talking about it, whatever. He crazy. But he told the truth on this. So I did a thing about Martin Luther King about 20, 25 years ago. And his best man, his best friend, uh, who was with him, Ralph Abernathy, wrote it in the book. He was with him. All right. So, what happened to Martin Luther King? Well, I believe that the reason he got assassinated was because of sexual sins. Many people, historians, says this. They said he was in civil rights, and then he went off into with the unions. He started doing stuff that made no sense. And they said he should have never even been in Tennessee or wherever he was when he got assassinated. But the night before he got assassinated, y'all, he was involved in the orgy. The guy that was with him, his, his right-hand man, Rob Abernathy, who was on the picture when he got shot, wrote it in his book when Walsh come tumbling down. He wrote about the night before. This guy was having sex with all kind of women that wasn't his wife, Beforehand, the FBI, a Jagger Hoover, had all the pictures and all the tapes and would send that back to his wife. But what happened was he started getting off track, I believe, from what he was supposed to do. I believe he'd have still been alive had he not gotten involved in the mortals. So what happens is when you're involved in sexual sin, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time. Now, I'll tell you another story very close to home. I had a very good friend that worked with me. He was a colleague in education for years. And it was just like last week when I started talking about the shootings and stuff. I mean, it was coincidental, whatever you want to call it. I called the Spirit of God. And we used to eat lunch together every day. And I called him in. I said, hey, man, because the Lord told me. I said, bro, 
how you and your wife doing? Oh, man, you know, this and that and that. I say, bro, you cheating on your wife? Nah, man, nah. Nah, I ain't, nah, bro. Nah, nah. That's when you know they lying when they do all that. Ah, rah, rah, rah. <laughs> I said, okay, bro. A few days passed by. He said, man, I need to talk to you. I said, what happened? He said, man, yeah, me and my wife, we're going to, man, this other chick, this and that. So he started telling me about it. I said, hey, bro, the Lord told me to warn you, don't get involved in that. Don't get involved. If you're involved, get out of it. Y'all, this brother didn't, didn't do what I told him. <clears throat> he ended up, and I started I start some spiraling. Things started happening at school. Like just crazy stuff. But he was involved in, he was being accused. I knew the dude was innocent. But all this stuff started happening. Because whoredoms cause you to err. You get off. So then, this brother was on a motorcycle, headed back home from being with the girl, or headed to being with the girl, had a head-on collision, ended up in the hospital, I don't know how many months. Y'all, when I tell you that brother never got out of the hospital, and he was younger than me, whoredoms cause you to get off. You make bad decisions. I can't hear nobody. You make bad decisions. You make bad financial decisions. Your money don't be popping right. All this stuff start going wrong. And y'all, you don't have to say nothing. You don't got to clap. Just look straight ahead. But how many of y'all been headlong, deep in some sexual sin stuff, and y'all, you didn't know your head from a hole in the ground. You was confused. You didn't know what to do. And it's because there's a spirit of whoredom that will cause you to start making great errors. That's an incentive to come out of this. Hello? I know what I'm talking about. Hmm. 1 Corinthians 7 and 1 through 2. And I'm almost done. Now concerning the things you wrote unto me, it's good for a man not to touch a woman. That was Paul talking. I don't say that. <laughs> I think it's good when you can touch a woman. I would touch the same one for 30. Okay, I ain't even sitting there. All right. First Corinthians, I don't want to embarrass her. <laughs> it's good for a man not to touch a woman. That's what Paul said. He wasn't married. Nevertheless, to avoid sexual sin, let every man have his own wife. Let every woman have her own husband. For the singles, look at uh, verse 8. I do uh, tell the unmarried and the widows that singleness might be the best thing for them as it's been for me. That's Paul. He's talking as a single person that didn't have any kind of Sexual attraction, want to be with no woman. But if they cannot manage their desires or emotions, they should by all means go ahead and get married. The difficulties of marriage are preferable by far to a sexually tortured life as a single. Now look at Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3 through 11. Then we're going to pray with people. We're going to pray with everybody. This ain't no altar call. You got to... So no, everybody come to the altar. I'm, I'm telling everybody come. Because whether you're married or you're single, you got problems in this area. And if you say you don't, you're a lie. You're a lie. Because we're in the sexual world. Somebody say amen. Listen to verse 3. But fornication, all, all uncleanness. He, 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 
he ties uncleanness and fornication together. Fornication is sexual sin. All uncleanness, covetousness, let it not once be named among you as becoming saint. He says sexual sin shouldn't even be named among us. We got some of our leading bishops and pastors caught up at P. Diddy parties and all this stuff. He's, the Bible says it shouldn't even be named among us. That's an embarrassment. As becoming saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking, jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know, this is what he says, no harmonger, unclean person, covetous, who is an idolatrous, have any inheritance in the kingdom of God. Say so a person doing that can't, have, can't be with God. Listen to what he says. Let no man deceive you with vain words. People, pastors are trying to tell people, it's okay. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. Be not partakers with them. But you were sometimes darkness. That means we were, I mean, I know I was out there in the past, out there in the streets, out there doing the most, right? I was in darkness, but now I'm in the light. Yeah, now you're a light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Look at this, verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather expose them. One version says expose. Some of y'all know my testimony. I'll tell it briefly. In the time I grew up, my mom, she had to work. She wasn't at home. She left me with people. I was molested, sexually abused, physically abused. As a young, young boy, I mean, you're talking three and four and five, I was left with people. A young man molested me at an early age. A woman molested me in my tweens and teenage years. So I know what it is to have all kind of sexual stuff that's happened, sexual stuff happened to you. Um, a lot of it happened because, you know, my dad and my mom went together. My mom had to work. And... Uh, she had to leave me with people. Sometimes she left me by myself, moved down here with another uh, woman and her, her daughter. They worked the same shift. Sometimes they let us stay together. What y'all think we was doing? Yeah, playing around. <laughs> Had my first threesome at eight years old in A-Leaf. White girl and a black girl. Y'all been through it? Hooked on porn at the age of 13, 14, 15, all the way to the age of 17. <clears throat> Started preaching at 13. So, you know, I'm, I'm conflicted because I'm the saved preacher. I'm a preacher, but I got all this stuff going on. I'm involved in all this stuff. And a lot of stuff wasn't my fault because I was brought into it early beyond my will. I was molested, brought in. Went to college, got bug wild up there. I was at college, I was a football player, and girls was coming from everywhere. But I want you to understand that I'm a free man. Amen. God set me free. And he can do the same thing for you. But I'm going to tell you how he did it. First of all, I had to realize, and until you come here, you, you can't. 
that all that stuff, sexuality, was personal, but I had to unprivatize it. I had to become vulnerable and open to somebody that could ask me hard questions in these areas. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, rather expose them. So some of y'all, you say you've been to the altar many times because you slept with your boyfriend, you slept with your girlfriend. In this generation, you know, a girl, I kissed a girl and I liked it. Dude, I kissed a boy and I liked it. All kind of crazy stuff that's going on. Puff Dad ain't the only one having freak offs. Somebody say amen. You've been to the altar a lot of times. You've been trying to get rid of it. You've been trying to come out of it. You know it's wrong. If you're truly born again, the Holy Ghost will mess with you. I remember when God was freeing me. I was born again. I was in Sam Houston in the girls' dorm, getting ready to give with this girl. What y'all say? Buck, buck, naked, whatever that means. And the Holy Ghost came on me. I started crying in the middle of the bed. God came out. The Spirit of God came right in there. And I started crying. I got on my knees, started repenting. That girl, she got on her knees, started repenting. She didn't know what was going on. So I understand that guilt and the pleasure and the guilt and the pleasure and the guilt and the pleasure. But you can be set free. Somebody say amen. A couple of things I had to do. Number one, I had to become accountable. I could come to the altar all I wanted to. I could cry out to God all I wanted to. Nothing was changing until I became accountable to somebody. So me and one of my friends, we say we got accountable. We started holding each other accountable. And we repented. We say no more sex till we got married, all that stuff. And we held each other accountable. Bro, where you going? Where you going? 11 o'clock, bro, where you going? Oh, no, I'm just going down to get some ice. Okay. <laughs> we stayed in the same dorm. And we got real accountable. We started asking each other hard questions. I got friends today that ask, we can ask each other hard questions. Me and Dr. Rogers, we ask each other hard questions. Yeah. Because we're not going to be the, the pastor on TV with the scandal. Somebody say amen. That's the reason we do that. Because we ask each other hard questions. Because, you know, we live in the real world. Hello? You know, women be out to preachers and stuff just, just, just for kicks. Not because they like them. They just want to be able to say, I took them down. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's some witchy women like that. And y'all, we, we, we hold each other accountable. We have nothing uh, to do with the unfruitful words of darkness. We expose it. When me and my wife first got married, of course, I've been out there in the streets doing stuff. And we, you know, we just got married first two years. When you first get married, if you're not a virgin, you've been with other people, you be dreaming about other people. You ain't got to say nothing. Just look straight ahead. But we made a covenant when we first got married. That kind of stuff happened. You know what, what we did? We exposed it. I started telling my wife, hey, babe, I'm, I don't know what this is, but I just got to tell you because this is boom, 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 boom. There was a lady I worked with, I think uh, three years in our marriage or four years in our marriage. 
and, and, and having some problems, whatever. She's like, okay, uh, what day is she over there? I'm, coming, I'm bringing some lunch. I exposed it. Somebody say amen. Yeah, that's how you make it 32 years without cheating. But pastor, how you get off porn? Number one, put a porn blocker on your phone. Put a porn blocker on your computer. Give your wife or somebody the password and you, ain't, you don't have it. Amen. Number two, get accountable with somebody. Bro, you been watching porn? <sighs> you know, I'm, I don't like telling nobody nothing. So it, it keep me away from it. Somebody say amen. You know, there's certain apps that like, if me and Pat, if I was doing with porn, I could put him on my app. He could see every time I go to an explicit site. Yeah, they got, they got apps. Yeah, y'all find apps for everything else, but can you find an app that'll keep you right? Yeah, there's some apps that'll help you stay right. I want to pray for us. Because I think I think it's in the room. I think many of y'all feel stuck in life. Why my life not going right? I'm trying hard, but it's still something. I'm telling you what the something is. It's the number one thing that plague Gentiles because we come from sexual off the hook stuff. Most people in our family are sexually off the hook. Everything we watch on TV is sexually off the hook. Do y'all know they don't let our shows go into certain countries? They won't let movies, they won't let certain movies go into the Middle East, Dubai and all that. Because it's just, it's too much sexual stuff. And, and they won't even let that into their people. China keeps a lot of our TV out. They bring TikTok in our country, but they won't let that stuff air in their own country. Because they know it destroys people. I didn't hoop you out today. I could have. He, he's all right. Ain't he all right? I could have did all of that. But the Lord said no. Just like he told me last week, talk about them guns and them shootings two hours before. He told me talk about this today. Some of y'all, this is your only chance. Some of y'all married, you messing around. Hey, man. After this message, should you be afraid for your life? I would. I've seen it destroy people. You can come out of it. Every head bowed, every eye closed.